This podcast is brought to you by Racing Thread, Formula One clothing for literally any occasion. Their clothing features subtle, evocative, embroidered designs of your favorite F1 moments. From Ricardo's McHorsey entrance to Kevin's first pull. From Pierre and Yuki's bromance to Inspector Seb, the moments are endless. Whether you're out to dinner with friends, watching the race at home, or cheering in the grandstands, gone are the embarrassing sponsor logos. Instead, Racing Thread is F1 clothing you are comfortable wearing anywhere. Dirty Driving listeners can get 15% off Racing Thread's entire range of t-shirts, sweatshirts, polos, and bucket hats using the code DIRTYDRIVING. Head over to RacingThread.com to shop F1 racewear for anywhere. It's chaos. It's a different type of Sunday scary. It's your newest obsession. It's Dirty Driving, a Formula One podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Driving. The Spanish Grand Prix happened this weekend, so we're here for the post-weekend episode to digest everything that happened this weekend. And just like the week leading up to the GP, there wasn't a lot of action, there wasn't a lot of drama, and I feel like the same thing happened this weekend. When I was pulling my notes together for this episode, I was like, where's the where's the big bang where's the drama like we had some surprises in terms of where people landed in quali and where people landed in the race but other than that it was like a pretty chill weekend for formula one friday session saw many drivers working out and getting a feel for their new upgrades because seven teams brought changes to their cars either last weekend or this weekend FP3 on Saturday morning saw rain and enters, and it became too wet for drivers to really improve their times. Quali started off with so many drivers spinning and going in the gravel and saw some shocking disappointments in performance and gave us seven different constructors in the top seven. That has not happened since the 2021 Belgian Grand Prix. For the second time in the last three races, there were no retirements, no yellow flags, no safety cars, and no red flags. So let's get into everything that made up the Spanish Grand Prix weekend. I'm going to say it and get it out of the way because last week I said I'm going to get tired of saying this and it's only been a week and I think I'm tired of saying this, but Max Verstappen won the race. He topped the timesheets going into the weekend in FP1 and FP2. He set a new track record for the new layout that was last used in 2006. And all in all, he enjoyed the last two corners, saying that they are more fun to drive. F1 cars feel so much better at a high speed. So if you're a little lost here and you missed the pre-weekend episode, the track changed for this year. They removed the chicane at the end, causing the last two corners to go into the main straight at a much higher speed, which provided more overtaking opportunities, which we saw this weekend. And a lot of the drivers were 
either or on whether or not they liked the change, but Max Verstappen clearly did. He took his first ever pole at the Spanish Grand Prix and converted that into a win, meaning that Red Bull have won every single race this year thus far. This was also his third Grand Slam, which is a pole position, leading every lap in the race and taking fastest laps. So there we did it. Max Verstappen's out of the way. We can move on to the most exciting thing of the weekend, Mercedes. Mercedes is back on podium, and not just with one driver, but with both drivers. Both Lewis Hamilton and George Russell got to celebrate with the champagne. They were up there with Max, who was smirking with that little grin that all of us hate. And that was just the cherry on top for the race, because like I said, there wasn't a lot of drama, there wasn't a lot of whatever, but that's what we got, and I'm cool with that. Both Mercedes were in the middle of the order in FP1, and the weekend really did not start off strong for them. After Friday, Lewis predicted that it was going to be a struggle to get into the top 10 qualies. He ate his words because he made it into Q3. His teammate George did not, thanks to this really bizarre run-in between the two of them. It ended up being just a lack of communication from the team on car positioning, but Lewis and George were headed down the main straight. Lewis was coming down the side, and they both just ran into each other, and it was it was okay. No one got hurt. Everything was fine. They stayed on track, but it was not Mercedes. I'll, I'll just put it that way. It was not very Mercedes-esque. However, they recovered, and in the race, Lewis took P2. He now has 11 podiums at the Spanish Grand Prix, and he took driver of the day. Well-deserved. He held his composure. He was the closest one to Max. You know, not anywhere close, but still the closest ones. And he said, for us to be quicker than the Ferraris and the Astons today was really mega. And it is really mega. Their upgrades have shown that Things are working for them. They could be much better, is what Lewis said, but they at least got some performance upgrades. George Russell had an incredible drive. He went from P12 to P5 by lap 11, and then in total he climbed nine places to take third on podium. He also had probably the funniest moment. Actually, not probably. He had the funniest moment of the whole entire weekend. He reported rain in corner five, and no one else was really talking about the rain. And then he came back on the radio, and he was like, it might be rain, or it might just be the sweat in my helmet. And his engineer was like, yeah, George, it's definitely the sweat, because no one else is talking about rain. So quite a piece of comedy in the middle of the race to round out the weekend with something to laugh about. The other Red Bull driver, Sergio Perez, took fourth for the weekend. In the pre-weekend, he addressed Monaco, saying that he could not afford any more slip-ups. However, he dropped out of Q2 after a trip through the gravel, which means he suffered his second Q1 elimination in consecutive races for the first time since 2019. He dropped out before Q2 after a trip through the gravel, which means he suffered his second Q1 elimination in consecutive races, which is the first time that's happened since 2019. 
he did put up a solid recovery, making it from P11 to P4, but it was just not enough to land on podium. Carlos Sainz, our man who is up in front, he was on the front row at his home GP, fell back to fifth place. Like I said, he was on the front row. He took P2 in qualies. This was his first ever front row start at his home GP. And he seemed to be on a completely different strategy than his race strategist. During the race, he was like, okay, let's pit. And they're like, okay, we're going mediums. And he was like, mediums? And so it's like, did they talk to each other before the race? Did they communicate the plan that they had? I don't think so. And maybe that's the underlying problem. And maybe that's the underlying problem at Ferrari. They just don't communicate pre-race. Maybe it's, we're all missing the point. It's not a middle of the race thing. It's a, they're not talking about what they want to do before the race even starts. Whatever. We move on. Lance Stroll had a pretty decent weekend, especially compared to teammate Alonso, who just could not match the energy that Stroll was producing. In qualies, Pierre Gasly ended up dropping some positions. I'll get into that in a moment. So he ended up taking a fifth place start, which ties Lance's best on this track in 2020 and his best all year. He did that in Jeddah as well. He outqualified Alonso for the first time this season and took a higher place in the race than Alonso, finishing in sixth. Don't worry, Fernando was right behind him in P7. In FP2, he was only 17 thousandths of a second behind Max, so it was really showing that Aston is still there with the pace. However, he took ninth in qualies, and he said that they just did not really have it on Saturday. Alonso had a move down the main street around Ocon, but ended up being pushed into the pit lane exit by Ocon's late move, which was completely unnecessary. You saw him coming. It was too late. You should have just let him pass you. But but Ocon was trying to be as successful as he was last weekend in Monaco. Alonso ended the race in seventh for his lowest finish this season. Esteban Ocon, you know, the one that pushed Alonso into the pit lane exit. He was third fastest in FP1. So he was showing that Alpines are there. They are making improvements, and they could continue taking solid points every weekend. He was top six on the grid for the second weekend in a row, and he ended up finishing the race in eighth. Zhou Guanyu stole some points from Yuki after a very questionable penalty was handed to Sonoda. I'm going to get to that more in a moment. So Zhou took ninth and gained two points for Alfa Romeo. Pierre Gasly rounded out the points in P10. He took fourth in qualies after a strong showing. However, like I mentioned, however, like I hinted to earlier, he got nicked with a sixth place grid penalty after impeding laps for both Verstappen and Sainz. I don't know what it is about Pierre, but he can't seem to stay out of trouble with the stewards. He's got the most penalty points on the grid. And here he goes, taking a sixth-place grid penalty, which all could have been avoided. It's not only his fault. I feel like lately, most of the teams have been failing to communicate to their drivers where the other drivers are on track, which has caused a lot of issues with people impeding, people getting in the way, people running into each other, all of that. 
Pierre Gasly managed to finish the race in 10th, grabbing one point for Alpine. Once again, showing that Alpine is there this year much more than they were last year. Just outside of the points was Charles Leclerc. He dropped out of Q1 complaining about car problems. He was set to start from the pit lane on Sunday morning after the team made changes to his suspension. They replaced his energy store, control electronics, and fit a new gearbox case. And they actually sent information back to Marinello for them to figure out what the hell happened in qualities that made him lose out on advancing to Q2. He had an opportunity late in the race to make a decent recovery from the pit lane start all the way up to P11. Ferrari is seriously continuing to struggle this season. We've seen some glimmers of hope with Carlos's P2 to start the race, but he tumbled down the order and could not keep up with either the Mercedes or obviously the Red Bulls. Yuki Tsunoda got knocked out of the points, especially after he showed great overtaking in a battle between both Hulkenberg and Joe. Later in the race, he received a five-second time penalty for forcing Joe off the track into turn one, knocking Yuki out of the points. It was very odd that that happened and not really that deserved. What happened is Joe was on the outside, Yuki defended and pushed Joe a little bit out. Joe ended up taking the side lane, and at the end of the day, it's just racing, and I truly don't think he should have gotten the penalty for that. It wasn't an aggressive move. It wasn't anything like that. It was purely just racing, and that caused Yuki to drop out of the points. He was so disappointed in the post-race interviews. He said that I pushed every single lap. I tried my hardest, and after giving it my all to receive that, that wasn't really warranted. He's heartbroken and disappointed in the stewards. I mean, who wouldn't be? Oscar Piastri came in P13 after qualifying in 10th. He reached Q3 for the third time this season. Nick DeVries was the surprise package this weekend. Not only did he take fourth in FP1, but he took P14 in the race. He ended up out-qualifying teammate Yuki for the second time this year after Sonoda had his final Q2 lap deleted. This is two weekends in a row that Nick DeVries is showing signs of improvement. I don't know if it was the rumors of what Helmut Marco said about the ultimatum, about replacing him with Ricardo if he didn't improve, but we're seeing improvement. And at the end of the day, I have to be happy for him because he was not looking hot at all, and now he's looking not much better, but much better. Nico Hulkenberg was up next in P15. He was third in FP2, and he ended a three-race run without a Q3 appearance. In the race, Haas had rear jack issues in pit stops the whole entire time. I don't know what the deal was, but they were trying to get it in there. It didn't work. At some point, they had two of the jacks trying to do it, and it was just like a clusterfuck it was embarrassing and it was like they couldn't figure it out we couldn't figure it out it was rough it was rough and he also said that tire deg was really high so he ended up taking a third pit compared to everyone else's two pit strategy alex albon he was out in q1 for only the second time this year 
He ended up in P16 for the race and said the race wasn't easy, but it was better than he thought it was going to be because he was pleasantly surprised with how it went considering where they were on Friday and Saturday. Similarly to the Mercedes boys, they weren't sure how it was going to go. Friday and Saturday were a little iffy. The race was clearly a lot better for them than Williams, but same premise of it was iffy to begin with and it was better than they thought it was going to be. Lando Norris, he's like my biggest disappointment of the weekend. He took P3 in qualies and he was like, the car felt good. He qualified four places higher than McLaren's best quality this entire year. So again, showing signs of improvement. But it all came crumbling down for him after he stuck his nose in where it shouldn't have been. He lost his front wing after running into Lewis on lap one. He ended up having the pit dropping back into the order to the last spot. He was able to recover a little bit, but all in all, disappointed in him. He should have never stuck his nose up in there next to Lewis because if he hadn't, he could have been way higher in the rankings. Kevin Magnussen ended in P18. He faced his third Q1 elimination in the last four races. He's not doing as great this season as I expected him to. I don't know if it's the pressure that Nico Hulkenberg did so much better than him after returning, at least in the beginning of the season, but it's not quite there yet for Kevin. And it's also not there for Valtteri Bottas. So Valtteri came in 19th, just behind Kevin. At the end of the race, they discovered that there was damage to the floor of his Alfa Romeo that cost quite a bit of performance. So altogether, they lacked pace. But my biggest thing about Valtteri this year is I don't feel like his heart is in racing. It just doesn't seem to be there. There's not that drive that there was when he was at Mercedes. And yes, I'm excited that he's found a little bit more personality. He's got all these side projects going on and he seems to be genuinely happy. But I'm not seeing what I want to see on track with him. And that's been a big disappointment to me this year. Yes, he scored a couple points, but ultimately... He's kind of down in the gutter. He is. Rounding out the race is Logan Sargent in P20. In FP3, he brought out the red flag after he had a trip into the gravel, which ended up an into-the-barrier moment, and he lost the car on the entry into that final corner, which caused that little snafu. He also ended up starting the race from the pit lane due to changes in his suspension and alterations to his brake cooling, and my big prediction is that he won't be around for much longer. He's not showing us what we want to see. And I don't know if it's the expectation that previous rookies in the past couple of years have given us. Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazespin. There's just been like a lot of not great rookies. And when you look at someone like Oscar Piastri, who is doing exceedingly well in his rookie year considering the car he was given you know hasn't had any crashes hasn't had any spins all of that and then you look at Logan and Nick DeVries and again the past people I don't know if they're like meant to be here because they're not showing the confidence and the success that other rookies have shown in the past My biggest winner of the week is Mercedes. 
absolutely impressed. Again, they started out the weekend not so hot. They ended the weekend on a complete high. We could continue to see improvements as they continue to work out these new upgrades. And the fact that they were faster than both Ferrari and Aston Martin this weekend gives me hope that they could be battling Fernando a lot more moving forward. Maybe not so much the Ferraris, but for sure, Fernando. My losers of the weekend is the duo of Carlando. Carlos Sainz, he was set up for success at the start of this race, starting in the front row, and just did not have it in him and ended P5. At his home race, too, nonetheless. Both the hometown heroes did not show up on Sunday. So, I'm sorry to all of the the fans that showed up for them because they did not give us their best showing. But my other half of that Carlando piece is Lando, and I just talked about him, so I won't repeat myself, but shit luck. Actually, it's not shit luck. It's a shit choice of sticking your nose in where it shouldn't have been and causing damage to your front wing. My honorable mention this week, some of you are going to think I'm a little nuts for this, but I'm giving it to Lance Stroll. He has been behind Fernando this whole season, and this is the first weekend that he not only out-qualified Fernando, he also beat his teammate out in the race. And I know, again, it's only by one position, but I'm hoping this is a big confidence boost for him because it's starting to seem as though he's not going to be able to stay on the team if Aston Martin really want to be competing for championships. When we look at the standings, Mercedes' double podium means they will move ahead of Aston Martin in the championship and take second place. The other thing I need to highlight is that Perez is now 53 points behind Verstappen. That's two race wins and a fastest lap. And I don't know if Perez can figure it out for the rest of the season. I know that's only two weekends in a row that he hasn't been showing, but I have a feeling that his confidence has been rattled and the team doesn't really care about him because they care about Max. They funnel all their money into Max's car and their Max is 25 plus seconds ahead of the rest of the field and Perez is struggling a little far back due to the mistakes he's made. We have a bye weekend next weekend. I hope everyone enjoys their time off. And then myself and F1 are headed to Montreal for the Canadian Grand Prix. Keep an eye out because we have tons of content coming out in the next couple of weeks about going to a Grand Prix, about prepping for a Grand Prix, about what it's really like to be there. So excited to take you guys along as I head to Canada. But until then, enjoy yourselves and I'll catch you on the bye weekend episode. This podcast is brought to you by Red Racer Books, a children's book series about the marvelous world of motorsports. Looking to get the kiddos in your life interested in Formula One? The series includes the ABCs of racing, which teaches concepts about racing with Red Racer as your guide. The 34-page book is full of gorgeous illustrations inspired by actual tracks and racing situations around the world. The series also includes the book, All About Race Cars, a guide to Formula One race cars. Red Racer is joined by Roxy the Engineer, and they walk you through all the ins and outs of F1. 
This book is packed with 40 pages of beautiful illustrations teaching STEM facts about F1 cars. Red Racer Books is on a mission to give kids in the US and beyond a global perspective on sportsmanship, diversity, science, and technology. Dirty Driving listeners can get 20% off Red Racer Books' entire series using the code DIRTYDRIVING. Head over to redracerbooks.com to buy the kiddos or the adults in your life their new favorite book. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dirty Driving. Until next time, stay dirty.